The Natural Hat Trick with Luke Lipinski, Craig Morgan, and Jamie Eisner. Welcome to episode 231 of the Natural Hat Trick Podcast alongside Craig Morgan. The Natty Hattie at night. And Jamie Eisner. I'm ready. Disturbing, but not as disturbing as the way you set it off here. Uh, I'm Luke Lipinski. It is it is the evening show. It's nighttime. In, in this haunted studio. Yeah. There are yeah. less lights in the studio every time we do a show. And there are voices in the ceiling. Now, here's the thing. We ate a nice dinner together, like a family. Yes. Last time we did this, we had our worst show ever. Remember, Jamie just went silent, and then we both went silent, and then we just <laughs> didn't do it. Is that at my house? No. That show was really good, yeah, that actually. was good. No, last time we did a night show here. Yeah. Uh, okay. We all expected greatness, and it was um, it would rank 231st out of the 231 we've done. Well, it's still sure better than any other podcast, but, well, it, of all we- the ones that Jamie hasn't deleted from the memory <laughs> banks of the internet. You surprised me. I thought you'd take advantage of the fact that he missed a couple. It's too and easy rank it, at this yeah, point. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, Go ahead. Jamie, do you want to give us uh, some recent reviews? This is a reminder to rate and review the show every chance you get, which is only once for each of you. But you all get that one golden opportunity to rate and or review. Yeah, or create burner accounts. I don't care. So uh, Jamie is going to read. Uh, there, we have two new reviews, so okay. we're very happy. Thank you. Thank you to Joseph USA. I searched for a while to get a great hockey podcast, and this is it. It is heavy on Arizona, which is good, but the podcasts touch on many other teams as well. The best part is it seems to be well-balanced in thought and opinions. Too ma- See, they have the thought, I have the opinions. Uh, too many podcasts. That, that part wasn't in there. That was a parenthetical. Uh, it's very don't just shake your head Very obvious. Too many podcasts are afraid of offending the players and not calling it out when teams make bad trades. If you haven't subscribed yet, do it now. That's right. Also, Everybody, by the way, please do that now. Yes, subscribe. Also, listen I support to this, yes. Yeah. Joseph and then uh, jhacker111, uh, continuing with the, the internet uh, trope, uh, my, li- my wife left me, but this podcast is helping me through it. And trust me, I can understand, as someone with nine wives, <laughs> I understand how this is, can be troubling times for you. It's going to be tough when nine of but James' five wives leave him. Yeah. How do you split one half nine ways? You don't. You get nothing. <laughs> you split what you have nine ways and you get nothing. I should ask Antonio Cromartie. Yeah, you should. Let's get them on the show. So that's the two most recent reviews. Which I there's one in there. It's not one of the most recent ones, but I looked uh, like a couple weeks ago, and they just basically made fun of Craig. And I realized this is a great uh, review. And then they gave us five stars. Hmm. So they made fun of me. Yeah, you never read this one. I want to hear this one. <laughs> oh, okay, it's, it's from Shane Doan, nineteen yotes, which I'm sure is the actual official account sure, from Shane Doan. Probably is actually. Uh, C Morgan, you can, can't even just bear to write your full name. C Morgan is a pouty pants. Hate that our team's talk show hosts are fans of other teams, more specifically the Hawks. Five stars. Five stars. Mm. All I care about is the five stars. And uh, didn't like the fact that I was a Hawks fan. Like, let the record show, Craig's the one that asked for the uh, actual reviews. I just wanted the ratings. Also, clear, there's also one that says, clearly Luke and Jamie have never had a banana squished in a laptop bag. That's from Join the Rush. <laughs> and to be fair, you are right. <laughs> That's true. Uh, it's, it's in the context of the banana carrier talk. You caught me. I have uh, never that had is a true. We have, we have never had that. Bag. And when that day happens, which would require me to start liking eating bananas, I will, at, at that point, think about texting an apology to Craig. Still trying to figure out this euphemism. <laughs> but never a second before. <laughs> um, all right. Here's what we're going to do on the show today. Yes. Are you ready? 
Uh, sort we, of. We're going to go. We're at the uh, the Christmas break here. Games start up tomorrow. Coyotes will start up on Saturday. We will briefly talk about the World Junior Championships. We will run through the. Well, I'm going to. I don't know if you guys are. We uh, we are also going to go through the top 20 moments of the first 20 years of the century. Is that how we're doing this? Yeah, 20 of our moments. Okay. We'll probably forget something and we'll get called out on it. But just know that we're unequivocally correct. Yeah. And all of our There's takes. that too. Uh, I'm trying to make sure. Oh, Craig actually got 20 for a while yeah. during the, the pre-production. He was like 17, then 23, then like 97. But mm-hmm. we're, we're at 20. But the, the header to the podcast show notes is really pretty. And you haven't mentioned that yet. So I'm going to say it on the air. I thought about making it glitter. But I figured you guys would mock me. Every More letter, than usual. Every letter is its own color. It yeah. is. Including it's, the space. It is a, a holiday extravaganza and a mm. sight to behold. Unfortunately, the listeners cannot behold it, so we're just going to have to convey that joy to them through the art of uh, podcasting. It's 72-point head, too. Yeah. It's oh, like, really? It's just like a, a war headline. Yeah, just imagine a unicorn just threw up all over and it just says podcast notes. Oh, wow, that's, that's hurtful. Now. That's what all it looks over like. our show It's taking notes, us yeah. in a different direction, yeah. Jamie. That was a sharp, mm. sharp left turn. But I'll allow it. Uh, okay, let's begin with um, the fact that there is a Christmas break, so all teams in the NHL get three days off, which I'm assuming Craig likes because that means he doesn't have to travel during the holidays. That's right, buddy. <laughs> I get to prepare for 25 guests coming over to the house. Oh, Ooh, look at me! I and have clean 25 up that friends and family. No, no, his wife has 25 friends. Oh, okay, that's fair. It's family. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even friends. No friends. Um, how'd that go for you? It was great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Craig is what else do we team. want to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you like the break, though, that the NHL takes? I love the break. I, I don't know why all leagues don't do this. Money. I mean, well, we know why all yeah. leagues don't do this. Yeah, we, we know. But why don't the players lobby for this? They should. I, no, I, I, I think it's a good idea. I think the players deserve to have some time with their families around the holiday season. I understand the NBA makes a point of playing on Christmas five Day. Five games on well, Christmas Day. Remember their, when it used to be like a doubleheader, then a tripleheader, and now it's five games. Well, on. now it's their unofficial season opener, it even though it's a be, month into the, two yeah, months into the season. It should be when the season starts, and their season should end in August. That's how the NBA should do it. Then you have control over July and August, which is you versus baseball, in the dog days of the baseball season. If I was running the NBA, they would be starting the season on Christmas Day. Mm. And I understand what you're saying about them getting the, the time off for the, uh, the family. I don't know. It's a power play by the yeah. way. I have to care about this. Uh, Firework commissioner of the yeah. NBA. If Adam Silver is listening. Well, we'll see how the Hong Kong stuff goes. We'll the, see if Adam Silver was. Yeah. Oh, boy. Maybe, should be a voice that goes over. with that, though. I need, like, a power voice? Yeah, yeah. you need a power voice. I'll work it Something, in throughout okay. the show. Figure it out. Um, most NBA players take, like, I don't know, a dozen games off anyway throughout That's the true. season. So yeah. if they want the to NFL Christmas. or 34 I, I, I expected them to debut Wednesday night football this year to take advantage of it. <laughs> Maybe even Tuesday night, too. I could see it. At, at some point, the NFL is going to have a game every night of the week. Yeah, and they're not going to know how to balance the schedule. So teams will definitely play on Friday and then play again like the following Tuesday or something. Right. And oh, then, no, they'll have back-to-backs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Home and homes. Teams will be talking <laughs> the about The Monday, Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the Coyotes will get back into it on Saturday against Vegas in a game that right now is for first place in the Pacific Division. Indeed it is. I will just... At least it's on the road. I will just point... Yes, yeah, so they have a much better <laughs> chance. I will just once again point out that Vegas is the team the Coyotes have to worry about. And I've been saying it all season. And now they are actually the team the Coyotes have to worry about. The other team the Coyotes have to worry about is the Coyotes, as they are basically playing 500 hockey over the last 18 games. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a couple one-point games in there that they've they've picked up like a point, but they've won nine of their last 18. Yeah, And it's really just win-lose, win-lose. I mean, it's, it's, it's over the last, what, 10, it's win-loss, win-loss. Yeah, and you can have stretches like that in the season. 
what you want to do in, in those off stretches is still find a way to play 500 hockey. So I'm okay with that. What What's really bothering me about the Coyotes right now is their inability to win on home ice. You yeah. can't. You can't keep this up. And their schedule, they've got some tough teams coming in, by the way. They've lost to some teams they should have beaten at home. They're 8-9-1 and one at home. That's You think about where this team might be if they just won three more home games and had a decent home record. Not a great home record, a decent one. They'd be at 52 points. They'd have a comfortable lead in this division right now. It's it's a concern, and, it, and we talked a lot about it on the last podcast, but you start to look at some of the teams that are even in playoff position or around it right now that you feel like are going to drop off, and one of the things you notice, like Edmonton, for example, is they're just meh home record. And it's just I'm not saying the Kyrs are going to fall off per se. I'm just saying this has been, as good as they are this year, this has been a multi-year problem. This should not have been carried over from teams that were worse. And again, even though we don't have a general idea of what specifically is the problem, there's a problem, and I think it has to be addressed in some fashion. I don't know what you do, and I know Rick Taka came out a couple games ago and said, we just have players that don't play well at home, or don't get up for home games. I forgot what the exact terminology you said was, Luke, but... Homeitis. But what, but what is it? What, what is it? It's not like, I mean, what are you, partying at... Whiskey Rose and Glendale? No, I mean, I just what is this issue of getting up for home games? It, it's, it's it's not talent weird. anymore. No, and the thing is, like when we talked about it earlier in the year, I kind of thought, all right, this is so early and such a small sample that maybe there's maybe we're making something out of nothing. And they've won two of their last seven on home ice, yeah. and in there are losses to New Jersey. And Minnesota, who I understand Minnesota always beats the Coyotes for some reason, but Minnesota's not a good hockey team, not this year. Nope. Um, yeah, the New Jersey loss is just – and look, if they had won that game, I'm not sure we'd be having this conversation, so it's important to think in those terms. But, yeah, something's not right there. And I, I don't I don't know if they can put their finger on it. Uh, nobody seems to be able to do it. And normally – you can't say it's the distractions of home I'm hit yeah. around my family. Every team plays better at home than they do on the road. By, by and large, that's, that's the rule. So you just can't use that in, as an excuse. This is where the leadership group has to step up and – Sort of lay down the law like this. I don't know what the rules have to be, but it's got to change, and it's got to change right now. This is one of those ones where maybe you spend a night uh, uh, in a hotel on yeah. a, on a Friday night before Saturday game, and that's yeah. again you're not you're not accusing things. It's not that we've heard rumors that oh yeah these guys are out partying till two in the morning. That's not what we have. But no, I don't think it's that. There's at all. some mental block that they are having. Some players are having on home ice, whether it's. It's too comfortable. I mean, they have more of a home ice advantage now from the outside factors than they did a few years ago. Yeah. They have a lot more fans in the building, mm-hmm. a lot more of their own fans in the building for the most part. And I haven't heard any players make excuses. The thing that throws me is Tockett routinely says it's like four or five guys. And it just makes – if he was saying it was like it's two or three guys, I could believe two or three guys have some sort of distraction at home. And not that it's their family, but maybe they just know somebody here that is – a distraction to them right now, and they won't be in a month or whatever, but they are right now, and and those guys just, it's not like they go out and all of a sudden you don't know how to play, but you lose your edge, and you're getting run right off the ice. But I don't know what it is, because he's saying four or five guys, and they're so good on the road. Yeah. yeah. That how can you be so just average at home? They get but away from their average. structure, and I don't get that. Yeah. I mean, you've, you've seen their defensive zone coverage in these home games. It's, it's brutal. Maybe the question we should be asking is, how are they so good on the road? Maybe this is what they look like at home when they don't have Nicholas Jalmerson and don't have Demers for a while. And, and maybe this is what they were going to look like, but for some reason on the road, they can make up for it. It's odd because if this were reversed, there's an easy narrative for that. Yeah. yeah. But it, there's so little precedent for what's happening right now. And again, 
they they go on a three game home winning streak and all of a sudden and a lot of that's fixed. But it's still got to be concerning because even even like Craig said, even if you move the one overtime loss and two other losses to win, you're still eleven and eight. Mm-hmm. They've proven to be a better team than an eleven and eight home team. I mean, you should be four, five, six games better than you are right now, given the talent that you have displayed overall and on the road. You should be a lot more than just two or three games difference here. So I don't know what it is. I don't know if you almost have to try to create a road-like atmosphere, maybe change the time that they come to the rink, change the, the where they are the night before, what activities they do when they get there. Treat it like it's a road game that just happens to be in your home stadium. Because maybe this is something that once these few players get over it, they continue to roll. But it, it's difficult because we're dealing with, I think, most likely intangible intangibles here. Intangible intangibles, which mm-hmm. will be the name of the podcast. <laughs> if if you just went by road record, if that like if NHL teams only all played road games somehow, the Coyotes would have the second best record in the NHL. Right. Behind the Caps, right? Yeah. The Capitals who they beat on the road. Right. So <laughs> I, I it it's it is getting to the point now where it is a, it's a little baffling. Uh Auntie Ranta in for Darcy Kemper. The reaction to this I, I, I don't know what to make of the reaction to the goaltending for the Coyotes this year. I feel like people are a little too low on Ranta and too high on Aiden Hill. Yes. There's I a huge gap. Absolutely. There is a huge gap, and I don't think people understand that. The people think that Aiden Hill's ready for the NHL. He's not. And there's no one internally who thinks he's ready for the NHL. I, I don't this know reminds me of why this. everybody's so high. And look, I like Aiden Hill. I think he could be a really good player in this league down the line. Antti Ranta was... Should have been a Vezina finalist two years ago. The knock on Ranta is he can't stay on the ice. When he's on the ice, he's basically Kemper. That's the point that I, I'm confused about. I'm not surprised people are high on Hill. You have a top prospect, and people always, always overrate prospects across all sports and their teams always. So that doesn't shock me. What shocks me is this complete 180 that some people in the Coyotes fan base have done on Auntie Ranta since the end of last season. It, it just fascinates me. Well, it's just they're frustrated with his injuries. I sure. get that, but separate that but from But saying he's what, not a number one goalie? Right, from what the player is when he plays. That's that's what you have to well, be able if to you, do. If you're healthy and playing now. If you're frustrated yep. with his injuries, that's that's different than being frustrated with how he plays. Like, I understand the, well, Darcy Kemper went down and now I'm nervous because the only thing that stands between us and an AHL goalie right now is Auntie Ranta staying on the ice and he's had a hard time doing it. But when the game starts and Auntie Ranta's in net... I don't feel I'm not nervous about it at all. And again, with Aiden Hill, who I do like, and I, and there's a reason. I mean, this organization has been pretty good at, at developing goalies, or or at least finding goalies, I guess, over the last decade, really. Um, to just assume he's ready because, like Jamie said, he's one of the top prospects in your system. Ready for what? Ready to come in and, and play three games this year if you need them to, or ready to like carry you to the playoffs? Right. I, I just think there's a fundamental misunderstanding about the talent level difference between what Kemper and Ronta have been playing at over the last two seasons and what to reasonably expect from Aiden Hill. And I think that that talent gap is enough that I don't know if the I, I quite frankly don't believe the Coyotes are a playoff team with Aiden Hill in that. Yeah, I think it's that much of a drop off. And I don't even know if it's a talent gap. If, as much as it's, we don't. I don't know what Aiden Hill is going to be yet, and Darcy Kemper is the perfect example of. Sometimes you need to wait a long time on a goaltender to find out what they're going to be. A lot of times you do. A lot of yeah. times goalies don't really yes. kick in until they're like twenty five or twenty six. Aiden Hill is twenty three. His last eight games, he's given up thirty goals. Right. He hasn't played that many more than eight games. Yeah, <laughs> and that's. But that's. I mean, in terms of ability right now, preparedness for the NHL. Aiden Hill is light years behind Antiranta. So for those people who think he should be there and they should have still traded Ranta for a goal scorer, you're crazy. 
you're crazy. This team is fighting for a playoff spot. They would not get there with Aiden Hill in goal. Oh, well, that's why they didn't trade Ron. Yes, of yeah. course they did, because John Chike is too smart for that. And also, I mean, it, it's still... They are in a position, and we talked about this at the start of the year, because you have two of them, you're never immune to injury, but you're a lot more immune to injury than most teams. If Montreal loses Carey Price, okay, well, they're probably done. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of teams where if they lose their starting goalie, they're probably done. The Coyotes lose their starting goalie, and they basically have another starting goalie behind him. The concern, of course, and this is a legitimate concern, it's been tough to keep Ranta on the ice consistently. And after that, you don't really have, you certainly don't have a goalie that, that's going to carry you to the playoffs. So now I understand the worry there. And and also, as good as Ranta has been, and and he was pretty much great two years ago, I mean, Kemper's done it for a year straight. Like, you just yep. feel, I, I at least feel a lot more confident with Kemper because I feel like, what he he started like 27 games in a row last year, didn't he? I think it was 22. But yeah. And, yeah. And that success stemmed back even with the Kings. He was having a lot of success for, yeah. before that trade as well. So, yeah, no, I, I think it's obvious that Kemper is the number one right now, but like we said all season night, we said everything leading up to the Taylor Hall trade, it just made no sense to move onto Anta. And this was a specific reason why. I think Craig tweeted out as the injury was happening, well, this is exactly the point we've been making this entire time, that why you don't trade him. This is the big advantage. I'll keep saying it. I know it sounds like a broken record, but this is the one tremendous advantage the Coyotes have over the rest of the league. And there's no reason that they need to give that up for anything. Yeah. Ante is among the league leaders in multiple categories. So yeah. I, I don't know what people are looking for. Right? He, he was the last time he played, too. I mean, right. he's what he's been. <laughs> yeah, You know what you're getting in Ronta. You just don't know how consistently you're going to get him in net. Look, at Darcy Kemper this year is playing at a different level than the Darcy Kemper we saw even last year. Yeah. This year he's playing absolutely, he was in the Vezina conversation, definitely top three guy. There were some writers around the country that were talking about him for Hart Trophy as well. Nick Katsunika among them, who I just saw, who was in town, saying, I thought he was a Hart Trophy candidate. He probably was at that point when you look at how the Coyotes were winning games. So that's that's a different level, but it doesn't mean... That hey you know whatever whatever goalie you want to throw yeah, in after that all, it doesn't matter. All the same. Like, no. No. You've got a you've got a number one a clear elite number one goaltender as your backup right now. Yeah, and, and you have this next year too. This is this yes. is why this was built this way. And when you consider what they gave up, let's see to get these two goalies, they gave up uh, Leas Anderson, who wants out of New York. Yes, uh, Tony D'Angelo. Tony D'Angelo. Tony D. Tony D. Um, let's see. He's having he's having a good offensive season. Yeah. Not not yeah. so much on the defense. No, but. you can talk to people there, and they'll tell you he's still a train wreck in his own end. And then there's that attitude, but you know. Mm-hmm. And who and uh, Toby Reader, Toby Reader and Wedgwood was and, yeah the, yeah. Was That's the who they've given up for two number one goals. So, but. I will oh, say they got this. Stepan back too. In that, yeah, that's the true. Officers, the cell. Yeah, um, but when Kemper got hurt okay. originally, that was kind of like eh, you start to wonder if he's going to be out a long time. It doesn't sound like he's going to be now. Yeah. So that would have been at that point. I don't know if you would have to go out and get a backup goalie if, if he's going to be out the whole season. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah think, you, then you might think about it at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that wouldn't have been great. Uh, Jason Demare is already back. Nicholas Jalmerson pretty soon here. Pretty soon. And he's only played in four games this year. So that's probably the most one of the most remarkable things the Coyotes have done this year is they're in first place without their best defensive defense. How fresh is he going to be? It's, he, he got to dodge that brutal schedule. Yeah, yeah that's true. He's probably like, I don't know what everybody's problem is. 
um, players heating up that we've been talking about. So we should also choose. Who, well, I think we all know who we're going to throw out the the Natty Hattie boost to after this. But uh, Nick Schmaltz has picked it up. Clayton Keller has picked it up for sure. Oliver Ekman Larson has picked it up. And we've talked about each of these guys over the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. Do we want to mention Phil Kessel and, and I think give we him the boost? I think yeah. Phil's going to get it going here after the uh, Christmas break. Okay. Natty Hattie boost. The Natty Hattie boost. There it is. There's the shirt that we're never going to design. Playing with Taylor Hall. That's a, a fun time line. To build it should help. It is, even when they're not managing the puck well. Like that last game, they were throwing it around a little bit. Yeah. But it's still, you just wonder if something's going to happen when they're together. Hall, it, it, I tell you this, if you're a Coyotes fan... There's a lot of times where you have the best player on the ice now because you yeah. have Taylor Hall. Yeah. I mean, depending who you're playing, obviously, but most nights you go out there, Taylor Hall's one of those players where you don't he doesn't need to be wearing a, a jersey number for you to be able to find him on the ice. Speed, the, the reckless abandon sometimes we saw that on the uh the big save that were uh, I forgot who which game it was, but big save where goes flying into the it wall. It was Minnesota. The Minnesota game, yeah. Where I thought every player was gonna get injured in that game. That, yeah. night. <laughs> that was a weird game. Yeah, it, all, it was all, all from But I mean that's his style. I just he's he's fit in really well so far right away and you can't be anything but excited. But yeah, you we, they need more from Phil Castle. We've talked about this for a few weeks now. Uh even me as the big temper expectations guy in the preseason, I expected more than what we've gotten so far. He had a lot of bad luck early in the season, which again, is a factor. If he had 5 6 7 more points, I think we'd be talking about him in a whole different way, but yeah. and he'd probably, the fact that he doesn't, he'd be a lot looser too. I would think. Oh, sure, maybe he's more productive then too. On top of it, but he doesn't. And you know, this is the point that you know you've made before, Luke. I I don't read much into it, but you look at his plus minus, and I don't like to read much into it. I just know that it's significantly different than everybody else on the team, which means it's worth acknowledging. Yep, I'm not that doesn't mean he's a bad player. It just means it's worth acknowledging that on a team that is winning. And has, I think, only a small handful of players, and they're all like minus two, minus three, minus four, if they're even anything there. And he's minus 18. Yeah, that, that's that's. And he plays there. a lot of power play time. So, he, so what is his five on five time at minus 18. Um, mm-hmm. Two things here real quick. And, and I, don't, I don't even want to – I want to make sure I don't word this the wrong way because Connor Garland's been amazing this season. But are we seeing him come down to earth a little bit? He has Absolutely. no points his last People six People are games. wondering, oh, well, that's because he's on the fourth line, Luke. Okay, well – he has two goals in his last 16 games. He hasn't yeah. been on the fourth no. line for all those. You're exactly right, and that's why. I think people get blinded by the goals and think, oh, my God, how can you put your leading scorer on the, a lower line in a bottom six role? Well, that's kind of how he's playing right now. So, yeah. And that's fine. That's not even necessarily that big a knock. It's just I think this is more of who he is. And he, if he can still get you some big goals, great. He's a 20-goal guy. Yeah, fantastic. Is if you got a 20, 20 goal guy in your bottom six, that's you're pretty, very happy. That's a pretty nice spot. Yeah, yeah. that's a good. That's like having two number. Still one love always. watching the guy play. Oh, absolutely. I, yeah, I don't like think he's having. He's obviously having a great year, but yeah, they're just not going to keep going into that pace. Yeah, that's. You, no. I, I just not a thirty goal score. You're not going to. You're not going to make the playoffs expecting Connor Garland to lead your team in goals. If he goes on a run like he has done to start the season, you'll take it certainly, and look where you end up. Absolutely, but you are expecting him to be, I don't even know what, fifth or sixth on your team in goals, really. And, and just to switch gears slightly, I really love the way Clayton Keller's playing lately. Yeah, mm-hmm. ever since he's, that Pittsburgh game. Yeah, he's really he's playing with speed. He's putting the puck on net a lot, which I love. He was very hesitant early in the season. He was always looking for someone to pass to, always, always. And now he's taking... Again, he had, he had a couple we, uh, couple weak shots that went in. They found their way. They were just well-placed. They weren't, they weren't great shots, but he took the chance and they went in. It, up to 10 goals now, 29 points. Yeah, point-per-game player over like his t- last 10, 11, yeah. 12 games. Nick Schmaltz, too. 
producing Look, again. We've we've talked about this in the past, and I, I may I don't know I don't want to put words in your guys' mouth, but when I see Clayton Keller as a first line player, I'm like, okay, that's he's lower in the NHL among first line players. But when you put him on the second line, look what he does. That was Craig that sneezed into the microphone, by the way. Did you hit the cough button? I'm back on now. Oh, look oh, at that. Look at that. You just okay. accused me of that. Well, I did, because I knew you were like heard it. Yeah, I don't want it to be like the show where Luke cut off your mic for the whole show. Those were good times. That was one of the best of the 231 shows. I, having Keller on the second line... I don't feel that way, but... <laughs> it's totally different all okay. of a sudden. It's like having a, a starting pitcher... I'll just put this in Jamie's terms, because I know he wants to make a baseball. <laughs> it's like having the 29th best number one starter in, in baseball, but you move him to the to second spot in your rotation, he's facing all the other number twos, and all of a sudden, he look what he's doing. Look I'll what make, Keller's doing in second Thanks line. for James Paxton, by the way. <laughs> That's... Neither here nor there, Jamie. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. That worked out well. Pretty much. A little um, bit less pressure, too, but yeah, I mean, look, having other scorers on your team take that load, having them t- take the top line away from the other team a lot of nights, that absolutely helps as well. Yeah. Let Taylor Hall and Phil Kessel uh, command the other team's mm-hmm. top defenders and top defensive forwards, and let Keller do what they were hoping he would do at the start of the season. Um, a wave, well, I do actually want to mention this, too. Jacob Chikrin. Yes. Could you make a case for him as team MVP right now outside of the goaltending? Yeah, and Jeremy Rutherford from The Athletic oh. just did a piece. Uh, Why guessing you me when you said that? I don't know. Okay. Just came out. Okay. Uh, he did a piece examining who the All-Stars are from each team, and he solicited feedback from the writers in each of those cities. And the two guys that I said are at the top of the list. Darcy Kemper, obviously, if he's back. I doubt he's going to be back. I doubt they'd play him in that game, but... He gets the nod. Jacob Chikram would be the other guy yeah. that I'd pick. Mm-hmm. For sure. He's been their best defenseman. And I will remind everybody, he is 21. Yeah. He is so young. And this is what we talked about at the beginning of the season, of the ups and downs of Jacob Chikram and why. And not that people were necessarily giving up on him, but I think they were giving up on him as a top pairing type guy at some point and forgetting that he was in the NHL at 18 and how incredibly difficult that is to play that position at a high level at that age. It's pretty much unheard of. Yes. Like I mean, and, Stalin and Aaron Ekblad. And what happened to Aaron Ekblad the next year? Not good things. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, this, this progression, if he keeps, he's not keeping this up for the whole rest of the season at that level, but if he's close to this level the rest of the season, he is a tremendous asset. He's Ten goals pace, now. Yeah, he's fifth. on pace for like 22 yeah. goals. 21 fifth goals. among NHL defensemen. Defenseman and goal scored right now with ten. So and playing a lot better defensively. I mean, he's the reason. He's the main reason they've been able to absorb the Jalmerson injury. Yeah, and I would. I mean, I'd take it a step farther than that and say he's been fantastic defensively. The way yeah. he closes guys out. I mean, he just does it with confidence. You're just you're you're not thinking this guy's getting around him. He does it like it's his job that he fully expects it. Like this is just I'm going to work and my job is to not let anybody between score. that stick. That stick. He, you know how he uses his stick. He waves it around to slap mm-hmm. pucks away. But yeah. then he'll get a hand on a guy and just pin him on the board. So just close him out. He's done. He's out of the play. He does that so well now. He's a completely different player. We are watching this guy blossom into an elite NHL defenseman before our eyes. Something clicked. Because what was what was our concern when we talked about Jacob Chikrin in the preseason was that sometimes he looks like he's always caught in between, that he's never sure exactly what he wants to do or he's evaluating in his head too many different situations and doesn't and ends up get caught in the middle and doing nothing. A lot more decisive. He is now. playing a lot more decisive. He's playing with a lot more confidence and he looks like he looks like he has figured it out. Like he has figured something out. And he's like, Okay, now I can put my full talent on display now that I've figured things out. Yeah, I really, I've said this before, but I really do think a lot of it is he got to spend the offseason preparing for this year instead of rehabbing from last year. Those are wasted, not wasted, but essentially wasted months when you're just trying to recover from injuries from the sure. previous season. 
and now he's, he can actually prepare. Now, I also like to take this opportunity to say because of how ridiculous the NHL's All Star format is, I'm sure Chickering won't be able to get in because. They'll have to take a defenseman from the Kings or something, so they'll have to take a forward from the Coyotes, and they'll have to take a goalie from some other team. I hate this format yes. for that reason alone. Mm-hmm. Just pick the All-Stars and let the four captains draft their teams. Yes. Um, whatever. Do, do, do the drunk fantasy draft again that everybody loves. Yes, because people do not – like when they have to make whoever an All-Star over Chikrin because they have to take a forward instead of a defenseman from the Coyotes, how is that fair? I'm done. Uh, in the Pacific Division, four points separating the top five teams. It's crazy. Again, what what the Coyotes could have accomplished here had they mm-hmm. just won a few more home games. Yeah, but yeah, I, I, and they all lost their last game except Vancouver of the yeah. top five. And Vancouver was playing another Pacific team, so somebody had to win that game. Yeah. Um, Anaheim, San Jose, L.A. I'm confident saying, yeah, they're all done. None of the California teams is making the playoffs, but those other five teams. I don't know what's happening, and you've got six teams in play in the Central, so you've got 11 teams now fighting for eight spots. Yeah. I, Better I, get in the top three. I, I know Vancouver's hot right now. I just... I'm the same. I feel like they're missing something. I mean, they had really hot goaltending to start the year, cooled off a little bit. I still think they have a depth problem. I still think they have a blue line problem. I, I just... I don't think they're going to have enough horses at the end of the year. Calgary is an enigma. They continue to be this, where they are way more talented than their record shows, and it almost doesn't matter what they tweak. They still are just in this quagmire of mediocrity that is Flames hockey the last few years. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a season ticket Uh, advertisement. Edmonton, uh, uh, they're falling fast, but they're coached well, and they have two of the best players in the world. But that cushion's but, gone now. It's it, it's all but gone. They need to go on another run. They do. Like, I didn't think, you know, I, I thought if they could, well, they, they, they just haven't played well lately. I think I Edmonton's a wild card team. I don't think they're a real contender for the division, but I do think they'll get in. Maybe. I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm That's, not sure if they will. So I think now. Nashville gets in. So without looking, are you looking at the standings? Don't look at the standings. Okay. Oh, I look am. away from the standings. Look right. up. There you go. This is I wish you guys could see this. Yeah. <laughs> How many teams in the Pacific? If you take away the NHL's funky standings, have won more games than they've lost? Two. Uh, yeah, I would guess, I guess two. The answer one, is one. one. Okay. The Coyotes. Mm. Well, I guess that's true. Even Vegas is 20 and 20 if you go. That's if right. You, if you count the overtime losses. Huh. Still a chance here. Figure it out on home ice. Yeah. Figure I, it out on home ice. I still think Arizona and Vegas are cut above the rest of the division at the moment. But you, know, you start to look at the wild card picture of, I think we all believe at this point, St. Louis and Colorado, even me, are, are in. Oh, wow. Uh, I think Nashville's going to get that third spot. I think they're, they've, they've had to overcome some issues. I think Matt Duchesne's starting to play a little bit better. I think they're going to sneak into that third spot in the Central. And then you have Winnipeg, Dallas, Calgary. I think you, I mean, Edmonton. Uh, I think you're getting four from each division. I think Edmonton's like a wild card. I, yeah. I think Vegas, Coyotes, and Flames in some order are going to be your top three. Vegas, Edmonton's a wild card. And then so whatever who's, who's in the out? Winnipeg? Nashville, Dallas. I think Saint, has to miss. I would say St. Louis, Colorado. I I believe in Winnipeg, so it'll either be Nashville or, or Dallas. Dallas. It's, it's yeah. home. Or Minnesota will get in and ruin everything, and I'll just watch yeah, basketball. Well, well right now it's it would be Coyotes versus Dallas in the first round series that the rest of the league will demand uh, contraction for. So <laughs> I'll be watching. Um, oh, Vegas Oilers in the first round. That'd be fun. That, that would be, be all sorts of fun. It would be a very fun. That's what Colorado Winnipeg. Yeah, but. I mean, for a series that would only last five games, Vegas Edmonton would be really fun. 
It would be like that Winnipeg. Was it Winnipeg in uh, in the Ducks series a couple years ago where they're like, it's the, the greatest uh, the, the sweep The closest ever. sweep of all time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, that's not an oxymoron at all. Um, okay, Brent Seabrook and Calvin DeHaan, both done for the year. Sounds like I want a, something other than a bell for Brent Seabrook being out. I, I don't want to see a guy injured, though. Ka-ching. He was He was a good part of the cash register. But his contract, and now he's out, and Calvin DeHaan's out, and the season's over. And where do the Blackhawks go from here? What do you imagine they do with this? Cat they go. Face? They go nowhere. They go nowhere because they have their. This is the same thing that happened with Vancouver. Is that if you don't have, if you don't have reasonable expectations for how good your team is, and you operate as if you are a cup contender when you are not, you never go anywhere. What do you do at the deadline? What do you sell? I, I would know. sell whatever I could. Honestly, I would too. I would sell Duncan Keith without a D- doubt. Duncan Keith is the only one go. I think they can move for something significant right now, aside from Patrick nope, Kane, who they're not I, moving. They should. I know, but they're not going. They to. should. We, How do you not at least listen to offers for him? What if some team because comes you, through? You can't pretend that you're a contender at that point. You can't put. You can't go to your fan base and get, make them give you all the money for season tickets. But you if feasibly you trade could be Kane. a contender within a year or two. Does this team do anything that makes sense? Um. I'll get back to you. When's the last time they did something that made sense? The last time they won the cup. Yeah, I I mean, uh, yeah, I would explore trades for both of those guys. And I wouldn't be like, I I don't mean like you have to trade Patrick Kane, like you have to do it. But wouldn't you at least kind of be like, go to Patrick Kane and be, hey, um, we appreciate what you've done here. How would you like to win a cup or at least be in the playoffs? How would you like to be be in the playoffs ever again? Yeah. Yeah. Because if you stay here, you're going to be surrounded by just filler pieces. That's all we can put around you. Whereas right. if, if a team comes to you, you can't tell me some team wouldn't make a ridiculous offer for Patrick Kane. Some team that thinks they're right there. Some team that has a lot of cap space? Like a Colorado? Colorado? Mm-hmm. Or maybe Colorado would just talk about it and somebody else would make the trade like they did with Taylor. I don't know if they would trade him in the division. Even though I think I think that narrative is stupid. I do, is think, stupid. I do think GMs believe it, though. Well, I'm sure Vancouver thinks they're one player away, so you could probably trade him to the Canucks mm-hmm. for, I don't know. But I... I trade him to Buffalo. Queen Hughes? Yeah. No, they wouldn't trade him. Turn to Buffalo. Yeah. What's Buffalo, Buffalo would do? What's it? Buffalo giving back though? Darlene, Darlene, no and like Darlene and Olufsen. There's no way. Even Buffalo wouldn't do that. I just think you have to listen, and I do think you have to trade Keith because he's still a defenseman that can play. So even though he's not, he's not a guy that can give the Blackhawks 29 minutes a night now and carry them anymore. Okay. He is still good. Yeah. Jamie's about to say something, and I'm worried. What if you steal one of the guys from Florida, one of the centers? Maybe it's Huberto. You're not going to do Barkov, but... For Kane? Just some, something around there. That, Re- reunite him with, with Joel. With Joel yeah. Quenville. So it's... Playing it's with Sasha Barkov. Huberto and uh, top prospect that's already developed a little bit. Yeah. So you know it's... I wouldn't take a pick. No. I mean, I might... I might... I mean, uh, I don't know what they'd ask for. Because Florida's pick's not going to be... It's just going to be like 18th right. or something. Yeah, who yeah. cares? Yeah. You want a prospect that's on his way. Yeah, I'm just trying to take a... Yeah, I mean, Patty King's not going to win anything in Chicago anymore. It's not going to happen. No, not the way they're structured. And we knew this was going to happen. Maybe not this extreme. I never believed it was going to be this extreme. You did. <sighs> yeah. You pretty well. You made this come to life. You called it. I made it come to life. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Thanks for making me feel so good. <laughs> uh, to the World Junior Championships. Just going to walk outside in the rain, okay? Is it raining now? I'm hoping. Oh. So the <laughs> it really helps your narrative. <laughs> Speaking of World Juniors, uh, so the Coyotes need to find a way to trade for a lottery team's first-round pick so Taylor Hall can work his magic. Yes. So we can continue to watch Alexis Lafreniere pass the puck to Barrett Hayton for goals because yeah. that was beautiful display today. Uh, and that was against the U.S. And it was still. Uh, I will still acknowledge that it was. Beautiful. It was. Yeah. Uh, How about that team 
USA Blue Line. Wow. Mm. Yeah, that was ugly. Uh, Hayton and Yannick looking pretty good. Yes. If, I, if I was gonna, if I were to trade like Taylor Hall to the Coyotes, I'd want one of those guys. If that's that's just huh. me, I would at least want Jan Yannick. Well, you know, he's a rental. How good is Yannick gonna be in the I don't NHL? Know. I don't know, but they they're in love with him. I mean, so much so they made him untouchable. I don't think they untouchable prospects. Mm-hmm. I really don't think they expected this from him. No, he took a leap last year. I'm trying to pull blew up his... him away in rookie camp this year. And... Yeah, he did look good in rookie camp. Well, I mean, he's looked good all year in junior too. He's one of the best point producers in all of junior hockey. Yep. So I, I continue to marvel. Not that they got Taylor Hall, although that's yet he won't be on this team next year. Who Yannick? Yeah. Well, they don't need him now, but they will need him at some point. And what does he have with Hamilton already? Fifty-six points in twenty-seven games. That's that not good? bad. Yeah, okay. that's uh, not bad at all Double. for a, a third-round pick. Uh, yeah, third-round pick just last year too, right? Isn't he's from the draft with uh, with Hayton? He's Hayton's draft. That's a pretty quick turnaround for Yannick. So there's that. The World Juniors getting started. I feel like I'm higher on the World Juniors than you guys are. Still my favorite international. No, I, I love watching. Yeah, I watched today actually. Oh well, whatever. I just wanted to raise myself he above just the two. To. Of you. Yeah. Make us look bad. Um, how do you want to do the top 20 moments of the first 20 years of the century? I feel like this is going to take a long time. <sighs> Can we motor through them? Yeah, we sure. No. Okay. Well, let's just go from I'm the hearing top. two different things. Okay, so this is not in any particular order. Yeah. So except, these, yeah. These are just the top 20 moments. Except Craig is starting with the Blackhawks. Well, you know. Got to make me feel good. Okay. Go ahead. Why don't you talk about the Blackhawks? Okay. Let's talk about the Blackhawks ending a 49-year cup drought in 2010. That was a cool moment for me. And starting another one a few years later. And and let's face it. uh, I mean, the Penguins are a big-name franchise, too. But the Blackhawks carried this league for a good six years, would you say? Good six seasons where they were the marquee franchise. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'll give you that. Mm-hmm. It, it, there was really a stretch there where it was the Blackhawks, Kings, and Penguins. But the, with Washington I mean, the Blackhawks and Boston were just peripherally. A, they were the big draw. They were yeah. the big draw, much more so than the Kings. And it started with that year. Um, yeah. It was, yeah, I mean, in the, we can talk about the Phantom goal. The, the yeah, goal that nobody Patrick King goal. That's the way I got to watch the 49-year drought end, not knowing the puck was in the net. So it was <laughs> and, and bizarre anticlimactic. At least game. you and everybody on the Blackhawks bench were in the same boat yeah. of not knowing. That puck slid under Michael Lighton. I don't even... Patrick Kane was the only one that knew. Well, Nick Boynton was right there. He knew. Yeah. He was, just because of his angle. But there was like two guys that knew the puck was in. Everybody else was too afraid to celebrate. Yeah. Yeah. But but that whole year, I mean, I know the, that's the moment for the Blackhawks. But we need to mention how the how this happened with the Flyers. Getting in the last day of the season by yep. beating the Rangers in a shootout. Yep. Rallying back from a 3-0 series deficit against the Bruins in the Eastern Conference Final to win four straight. And they yep. were down by three in Game 7 of that series against down, the Bruins, yes. too. So, that game seven was a microcosm of the whole series. Yeah, yeah, that was it's a crazy extremely year. Extremely interesting. Year. That was that. That was the same year Boston came back and beat Toronto. No, it was, that was the next year. No. Boston came back. And this is for con- this was the uh, first year for Tippett. Okay, two thousand nine, ten. Yeah, yeah, oh, the year that Shane Doan got. Yeah, this is the Shane Doan the, the Jimmy jumping Howard. over Jimmy Howard. Yeah. Something we don't. But want. they got equal revenge with a with whatever five goals against Jimmy Howard the other night. So it's all equal, right? Well, I mean, when you look at where Detroit is now at the bottom of the Eastern mm-hmm. Conference, yeah. I guess. Look, I know I'm a Blackhawk fan, but to end a 49 year cup drought, and, and I know some teams have won their first cup. A lot of teams actually in in this century, but they hadn't been around as long as the Blackhawks. It had been since 1961 that they yes. won a cup. Yeah. It was a big deal for the NHL for the city, and they had a and look. They had some marquee names on that team too. They were a sexy team for a very long time. 
So this this was the start of that era. And look, which the re- should have lasted longer. The reality is, in sports, <laughs> there are certain teams that just mean more than other teams. It's true. Whether you want to believe it or not, to the league, to growth of the game, it's just it's just a fact of life. Doesn't mean that you can't enjoy the other ones. Doesn't mean that they're worth any less. But there are certain teams that they are worth a little bit more. Think how crazy it's going to be in twenty seven years when Toronto wins their first cup, and what will have been like what seventy nine years at that point. Like if you think how big of a deal it was for the Blackhawks. Toronto's drought's going to be even longer, and that's going to be insane. I thought they were winning five in the next five. No, no, no. They only have five years to win one oh. because they're losing Austin Matthews, apparently. Um, all right, next. Well, you guys thought I should split these up, actually, didn't oh, here you? here we go. Yeah, that's, yeah the, two, the, the, the 2013. 20, we'll get them out of the way right the now. The top 20 Blackhawks moments. Here they are, all top 20 Blackhawks moments. Uh, uh, the 2013 Cup final. The Brent Zebra contract. No. no. 2013. <laughs> that's actually my favorite. Brian Bickle and Dave Boland, two goals in 17 seconds to rally in Game 6 against the Boston Bruins and win Cup number 2. And were yeah. paid handsomely for it later on. Yes, yes. they were. Uh, is, uh, so, real talk. Real, is that Finally. Real talk. Is that, I know it was a shortened season, is that the best team of the 21st century? 2012-13 Blackhawks? Mm-hmm. I think there's an argument to be made. They were crazy dominant that year. It's a short season. I know it's not necessarily a level They're, playing field. I but know, but their point total... Uh, that so I started to really get into uh, hockey on the mid 2000s. So I, would, I can't I, would fight I can't you on this one. I can't comment on like the Avs team that won in like a one, but like uh, for from post lockout, I think this is at least the best team that I've seen out there. The only reason I would fight you on it, I'd have to do some research to give you a real argument. But as it was happening, I never. And this is just me. I never felt like oh, this is one of the best teams I've ever seen. Even when they didn't lose for like two months. Oh, I did. There's other. I mean, there's other teams that have gone on crazy runs, though. I mean, Tampa Bay was better during the regular season last year. They lost seven games yeah. in regulation, but they only played 48. Right? Still, well, they were obviously the best team that year and one of the best teams of the decade. But it's interesting. That's an interesting argument. Maybe that's a that's a thing we could do on another show and forget about it. But but what? Yeah. But when we were talking about this separately before the show, typically the teams that are the very best in the regular season don't win the cup. So maybe it is going to be tough to find a team. I mean, a couple of those Detroit teams were really, really good. Um, Didn't Sean McIndoe just do this story? He might have. I think he did, and he chose this team as the best. Well, I think they're in the. I think they're in the conversation. If they're not number one, they're on the podium. Yeah. Um, I think I have them number one too. I do. They were that dominant that season. Ovechkin and Crosby dueling uh, hat tricks in. Oh, let's see if I can remember what game. Was it game two of that series? I believe so. So that was the 2009 season, 2008-2009 season. Um, and that was the Penguins' first cup with Crosby and Malkin, but they had to go through Washington. This was May of 2009. And there were definitely stretches of that series where, at least from my perspective, it felt like Washington was going to win that series. I mean, knowing what we know now, Washington doesn't typically beat Pittsburgh in the playoffs. And they hadn't, I guess, up to that point either, but that was spread out over like 25 years. Yeah. Well, that played each other every six seconds, so. Yeah. That one, that was the first, that was the first like real installment of that rivalry that had been pushed on us for a couple years. I also, as big of a moment as it was, I wish it meant more. The league still has done a terrible job of capitalizing off of, I mean, wasn't the whole point of doing this stupid playoff system to generate rivalries? And what have, what has the league done with that? Well, this this current stupid playoff system yes. that you're talking about wasn't in place. No, I know, but yeah. but that's but they did it to have things like this. Yeah, and what have they done with it lately? So it's I don't know. It's just disappointing. Well, the current playoff series setup is going to give us like the Islanders and Hurricanes in the first round. Well, look, that's going to happen sometimes. I mean, mm. I, I, but yeah. 
I just it, it it hasn't once done what it's intended to do. We've gotten sick of the rivalries. We've gotten sick of the the same teams facing each not, other. They're not really rivalry. They're not. That's part that's of that's it. that's because it it's down. fake. There's a, there's a handful of legitimate rivalries. Rivalries the rest are just to me just trumped up. Aren't necessarily built in the first round. Yeah, like the, yeah. I think yeah. of Blackhawks Kings typically meeting later. I think of yeah. Penguins Capitals typically meeting later because they're built organically. Yes. Blackhawks Kings. I know that they're both terrible now, but even if they were both good, we'd almost never see it just because they've split no. them up and, and yeah. forced it. So but at the time, it. those were fun series to watch. Those were, the, I think, the two best rivalries of the and decade. Look, you don't have to. Yes, and you don't have to have these rivalries forever. They don't have to go on a perpetuity like like it's the 1940s. Right, Bruins, like, Canadians. It's okay to have a really yeah. good rivalry for Decent rivalry, but yeah. do people really care about it anymore. It's they okay don't. to have a really good rivalry for three to five years. Players move on, teams move on, teams right. get good, teams get bad, or they move conferences like the yes. Red Wings. Yeah, we love rivalries, but we're going to move Detroit yeah. to a different conference and, even if and break they, up what was arguably the best rivalry in the NHL yeah. at the time. Yeah. Although now it's like, watch two bad teams play each other. Now it's hard to remember that Detroit's yeah. even in the league, which yeah. is sad. Uh, Mario Lemieux returning. This was oh, look at all these penguins. <laughs> I, I would like to point out that Craig put these ones on the list. The only penguin, uh, the only two penguins entries I had for the list, Craig completely disregarded one of them, and then the other one we haven't gotten to yet. But Mario Lemieux coming back. That was a big deal. That was very early in the century. Yes. December of 2000. Um, Ray Bork winning the cup with Colorado. Yeah. That had to be 2001. Mm-hmm. And I just, my recollection of that was everybody that wasn't a New Jersey fan was rooting for Colorado. Yeah, I would agree with that. Just for Ray yeah, Bork. Yeah, it was such a good story. Yeah. It was such a good story. Because he didn't want to get traded for the longest time. Mm-hmm. I mean, to put it, I guess, in Coyote's context, it would have been as if, as if Shane Doan had gotten traded at the very end of his career and he knew it was his last year and he won the Cup. On a team that you didn't hate. I mean, there's no rivalry between Boston and Colorado at that point. You Is guys, there one now? You guys still here? No, but I'm just saying, like, <laughs> it's, it's not... Uh, or, when they meet in the, or when they meet in the Stanley Cup this year. Yeah. We'll see. Hey, you're, you are the worst expert on Colorado. Jamie was actually actively rooting against Ray Bork winning somehow that year. I wasn't watching hockey at that point. Yeah, because he was so upset that Ray Bork was going to win a cup with Colorado. <laughs> um, the 2004-05 lockout that canceled the entire season. So these are not the top 20 moments. Of well, this is not the most exciting. But these it's... are the most memor- or most important yeah, 20 moments. It, it was, yeah. yeah, I mean, it was huge. An entire season was canceled. It's crazy. Yeah, that sucks. That can't happen. It yeah. absolutely sucked. But I will say the league came back better I don't think they had to go through the lockout to get there. But the game got better. The, the game, game got the health better, yeah. of the league was not. They uh, introduced no. the shootout too. After that, shootout's been around since '05. Yeah, wow. Introduced the shootout. Yeah. The the less less grabbing on the boards. Yeah, all that stuff's good. Yeah, uh, and the shootout go back and forth on it, I guess. But pretty much every other rule change they've made, I've liked. I don't love the delay a game penalty. I never have, but I guess I see why it's there. And now that it's been in the league for a little while, I'm more used to it. But for the most part, every rule they put over in, the glass. Yeah, I still don't like that rule. I'm struggling with it, but I'm better now than I was a few years ago with it. Because you can accidentally do it and get yeah. the same amount of time yes. as purposely high sticking. Just make in the it face. icing, right? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, why, it's just the same thing. Face off in your own zone, exactly. So the rules, the rules change is is, uh, is another one on the list. So what have we done? Seven. Well, that's, that's yeah. I mean, we're, we're talking about those. Th- those two okay. go together: the lockout and, and what came out of it. Uh, one for one day. <laughs> All yours, yeah, yes. Well, this is part of what hockey pop culture now. One for one. Taylor Hall for Adam Larson, and lost on that same day was the one for one PK Subban for Shea Weber trade. How many? 
prominent hockey writers or reporters tweeted out that the Coyotes-Devils trade was not one for one. Like the Oilers made themselves a punchline with that yes, one trade. Bob McKenzie, who who uh, penned the original, yeah, had fun with it. Yeah, I like the fact that he did that. That was great. And that's why I think it should be on this list. We still talk about it to this day. To this very day, we talk about the one for one. And, and in Edmonton, they finally acknowledged that it wasn't a good trade. Oh no. wait, have they? Uh, no, not all of oh, them. <laughs> Honestly, at the time, one of the worst trades I think I can ever remember. And we were doing this show then. In a different studio. Yeah. And Jamie probably deleted that episode. But still, we raged against that trade the day that trade happened. Uh, this one pains me with the Capitals winning their first and only cup. Um, you know, and I separated this because we've had a lot of, as I mentioned earlier, seven teams that won their first cup in these past 20 years. But Washington's felt a little different than the others because of what they had accomplished. They'd had so many great seasons, President's Trophies. And they just never could get over the hump. So to them, and, and the fact that Alex Ovechkin was there too, and yeah. his celebration afterward, all of that just made this such a good story. I think because they beat the Penguins too. Yes. That, that, that added to it for it's, me. Yeah. If the, Matt Murray had stopped one shot and shown up for game, what, six, Washington probably still wouldn't have a yeah. comeback. Actually. It's the rule of sports. You have to beat the team that, you've never, that you can't ever seem to beat on your way to a championship. What would have happened if Matt Murray played in that series? Like, actually, like the real Matt Murray. Pittsburgh would have beat Washington, lost to Tampa. Mm-hmm. And the Lightning probably would have their cup, yeah. too. Um, or second cup. Yeah. To me, all the stuff about Washington winning, I really don't care at all. But Ovechkin winning, that's a big deal. And the celebration. Yeah. Well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> but just to see somebody that is so good, and it's like, I, I can't even really come up with an NBA equivalent. I guess it was kind of like when LeBron won with Cleveland, because that felt like LeBron actually winning a title and not LeBron just going and forming a super team. But for Ovechkin to be with the Capitals his whole career and to just take so much criticism, when yeah. if you were watching, you knew a lot of those years they lost, it wasn't even his fault. No. Like we just talked about, he had a hat trick against Crosby when Crosby had a hat trick when Pittsburgh won the Cup. It wasn't Ovechkin's fault the Capitals lost that yeah. series of the Penguins. No, he had to become a more complete player. I'll, I'll say that. And, and Barry Trotz had a lot, had a big hand in that. And he admitted that. Ovechkin yeah. has said that. But yeah, to, to lay it all at his feet is absurd. Yeah. But that's what was happening. Yeah, H- history will look back on Ovechkin with a lot a lot kinder eye than up, up until about maybe that cup run did for Ovechkin. I mean, Ovechkin took a lot of criticism. Well, and first. he kept losing internationally, too. Like, he just yeah. could not win. But And some of it, like Craig said, some of it you have to be, you have to evolve your, evolve your game, which he did. But, yeah, it's funny. Now people are going to look back at some of those previous playoff exits and be like, oh, yeah, it was this guy's fault, not Ovechkin's, because he won a cup three years later. It's like, okay. Unfortunately, that's the way it works a lot of times. Um... The other first-time cup winners? Which one of these means the most to you? Tampa, Carolina, Anaheim, L.A., St. Louis? Um, in terms of, I don't know, like, in terms of players I that I just like. I'm going to say. Well, the, the terms of players I like. the same one I'm going to say. In terms of players I like to watch the most, it's Tampa. Okay. But in terms of for the league, let's, let's look at it from the league perspective. Probably L.A. Agreed? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was really important that LA won the cup, won two cups, obviously. But yeah, yeah, good fat. You. you know, Anaheim is one thing, but that's it's, it's just not the same as LA. It's not, and look, it was before LA, LA. Yeah, but it, it was. It didn't. Yeah, it's not LA. No. It just doesn't have the impact. Yeah. As much as I like the Ducks more than the Kings. Yeah. Um, also, the Kings saved them from a Phoenix Newark Stanley Cup final. Which the Coyotes definitely would have won. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, New Jersey was like the background team uh, in a sports movie. Like, we just need a generic team in the background. Whoever wins the Western Conference is winning the Cup this that year. That was a bizarre year, too. It was. 
Um, yeah. I noticed you skipped right over the Penguins going back-to-back. Who? Yeah. Oh. The only back-to-back this entire century, I would, I would mention. So when you're comparing teams of the century so far, Pittsburgh has won three cups, one of them in 2009, and then they went back-to-back, and they're still a playoff team last time I they checked. Are. Yeah. So. They, Even the Devils were a sixth seed that year, weren't they? When they went to the yeah. cup final, and the Kings were an eight Kings seed. Kings were an eight, yeah. Yep. I remember the Kings were an eight, for yep. sure. Kings were an eight, Devils were six. I remember trying to watch. I was in uh, L.A. for Kings-Devils, trying to watch one of the games on a TV, just at a bar. And I just, New Jersey was so boring. <laughs> like, it was just tough. It's funny. And they had no chance. If L.A. didn't keep that run up and didn't win another cup a couple years later, that would have been the more modern Edmonton, Carolina, where it would have been like, oh, yeah, yeah. remember that? And then it never gets talked about ever again. It was such a weird run, too, because it, it, L.A. did a lot of things right. They did a lot of things wrong in a couple games in the Western Conference Finals, or at least Dustin Brown did. But also everything went right for them in those playoffs. And not not just the Coyote series, even in the first two rounds, everything just went right. Well, and they just had, I mean, hot goaltending doesn't even begin to describe the way Jonathan Quick was playing in that series. But it's like he used all his powers in like three years, and now he's a shell of Jonathan Quick. Uh, the first Winter Classic in 2008 at Ralph Wilson Stadium in Buffalo. This is our one Buffalo highlight, and they lost. Yeah, snowy game. Oh, it's another Penguin highlight too. Isn't no, no, it? I didn't. I, I only put the back to back. Snowy winner. game, Crosby shootout game winner. When this game still had novelty, because it was new. Yeah, and there wasn't five a year. Bastardize it. Go ahead, read another Penguins one here. Yeah, just you really? You penguins. just? Do you want me to skip around on some of these? No, it's all right. Uh, so you said. You said you didn't want to put the Penguins winning their second cup. I was just messing and then And you already had it in It was there. already on my list. <laughs> I thought this one was meaningful. You know, I know he got his first, but that was a long time waiting for Sidney Crosby. And, and he took a lot of criticism, too. People were wondering if this team was ever going to get back. So them, for them to get back and then win back-to-back cups, really cool story. So this is and 2016 it, against San Jose. Cemented his legacy, I thought. Yeah. You know, when you get back and win a second cup. It's not a fluke anymore. You don't have to answer any criticisms anymore when you've won multiple cups. He was at least getting the benefit of like winning the Olympics, and he had already won a cup. But you're right. The criticism, much like with Ovechkin, was falling hard on Crosby that he'd only won one cup, and they kept exiting. He doesn't score in playoff games. That's, that's what all the Philadelphia fans sounded like when they were criticizing Sidney Crosby, yes. all the Flyers' cups. But um, San Jose, I think, that year was clearly obviously their best chance to ever win the cup because yep. they made it. And they just ran into Pittsburgh at the wrong time. Because at that point, if you are a team, and it's sort of to Jamie's point, if you're if you're trying to overcome whatever sort of obstacles have been put in front of you and you've won a couple series, like once Pittsburgh got to the cup that year, they weren't losing. Well, and speaking of San Jose, I want to bring this up because this is a converse. It's not on the list. But I want to read you some of their point totals since 2000-2001. And, and just imagining this team not getting one in this stretch. Okay. So from 2000 on, 95-99-73-104, lockout. 99, 107, 108, 117, 113, 105, 96, 57 in the short season, uh, 111. Like, that's their stretch from 2000 to 2014. That's crazy. And then that year they went, they went to the cup final, they had 98. And then, by the way, since then, 89, 98, 99, 100, 101. So, I mean, would Not, you want to be a fan of a team like that? Because you're in it every year, but at a certain point you're numb to it, right? Break through. Won the division break through. six times. Not winning it this year. In 19 seasons. The last Six thing, times. The last thing I would add on the Penguins, because I don't think they're on this list again, in that gap between the first cup of this era, I mean, not the Lemieux Cups, but uh, and the second one, a lot of us thought Sidney Crosby's career was over, too, because they yeah, the completely misdiagnosed yeah. him. And, and the broken neck that the, they missed. Yeah. So 
I think that there's a little bit to that as well because it did for a stretch feel like, okay, maybe he won his one cup and his career is going to be over when he's like 26 or 25 or whatever. Uh, Brian Boucher, shutout streak. This was this was pretty cool. I'm writing about this actually. Are you coming next week? I've done a lot of interviews. I'm really looking forward to the story actually because he was great. But that was that. That's the kind of thing that you don't see. And one of the things that he said to me was, you know, looking back on it, I'd probably rather have like victories or obviously or cups or some other kind of goalie records. But it's kind of cool that I can call this one my own, and it, I, I don't see this one being broken anytime soon. I don't. I mean, obviously, he actually is an NHL goalie, but if yeah. I was an NHL goalie, I would rather have the Cups. Yeah. I, there's not another record I'd rather have, I don't think, unless you're talking about, like, all-time wins. Wins or, or shutouts or, uh, yeah, he was, he was naming these other things, but it was it's a pretty cool streak. And, and when you when you know the backdrop of that whole season, he wasn't the starter. He wasn't even second string. Yeah. He wasn't supposed to be in this situation, but a, a variety of circumstances put him in it. And then it was, like, the only thing that went well for that team, by the way. And they had just moved to Glendale. That that season, they had just moved in that month. Yeah, and he goes on this crazy streak that starts on New Year's Eve. <laughs> it's the only cool thing that happened to that team all year. But yeah, it's but a great story. But it was huh? big enough where I mean, you you couldn't you couldn't avoid it nationally in the league. And now, anytime any goalie goes on a run of like two or three games, yeah. you have to bring up Ryan Boucher's name because that's who they're chasing. Um, we unanimously agreed on this one, Vegas. The expansion draft that Jamie and I were at, mm-hmm. and them turning that around and being in the Stanley Cup less than 12 months later. Just absurd. It, unbelievably yeah, improbable. And awesome for the league. Yeah. yeah. Really cool. Really, really cool. Good luck, Seattle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Vancouver rioting after... Boy, that... Let's see. What Is I that one Vancouver reference? Yeah. yeah. When they burn the city down? Brad Marchand punching cool. both Sedins in the face and Boston coming back and Vancouver burning their city down. That's, uh, yeah. yeah. No, we, did, we referenced them earlier. We said they think their team's better than they are and they would oh, probably okay. make a silly trade. Um, <laughs> hesitate to bring this one up on a uh, podcast that's listened to in Arizona. And my computer just died, so maybe I won't have to. But the 2015 draft lottery. Hmm. Yeah. Coming up, Oilers again. <laughs> For a lot of a lot of reasons, but I mean that altered. I, I guess it altered the course of the league. I mean, absolutely did. Well, M- McDavid or Eichel being in Arizona or Toronto, the, the ne- next two teams that were not yeah, Buffalo. Yeah, that changes things a little bit. But McDavid being in Edmonton hasn't meant anything. Nope. It's like the worst butterfly effect ever. They didn't make the playoffs that one year. That's yeah. true. Where he, that? where he that wasn't was their cool. best player. Yeah, when Dreisaitl that took over. Cool. <laughs> um, yeah. Again, where are the Coyotes? And I, I know the, the, the roster looks entirely different, but where are they with a the franchise center? The roster mm-hmm. looks entirely different than it does now, but if you went back like a year or so, it wasn't that hard to just say, okay, just put McDavid on the team and take Strom off the team. Right. Right. Yeah. Oh, and then Taylor Hall. Like it should have been all along. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, at that point, who knows? <laughs> but but for a while there, you could Taylor just... Taylor Hall scoring 50 goals on Connor McDavid's wing. Yeah. Yeah, well, Edmonton had it. See earlier reference in the, in the top <laughs> 20. One for one. Um, Martin Brodeur just basically taking every goaltending record except that one that Brian Boucher has from Patrick Waugh. Yeah, tying it in front of Patrick Waugh in Montreal, uh, and then three nights later passing him in, in wins. Yeah. So who's the best goalie of all time? Oh. I don't know. <laughs> different eras. I don't. I don't like doing it for different eras. Who's better between Brodeur and Wah then? Because that's not really that different of eras. 
Man. I mean, they have to be. They have this to be is, in this a is, this very like a, short conversation, yeah. right? Like yeah. two of the top. Like four? playing their absolute best. I think yeah. it's Patrick Waugh. But Patrick Waugh was such a big game goalie too, man. Yeah. He just, I don't know. I'd take either one. Yeah, I don't know. Just, I don't. You really know. can't go wrong here. Splitting hairs. Uh, Gordy Howe, June tenth, two thousand sixteen. Man played in. What he played in his twenties, his thirties, his forties, his fifties. Yeah. He played in. It wasn't the AHL, but he played minors in the sixties too, didn't he? Probably. I believe he did. I believe he came back and remember. played minor league hockey in the sixties. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there's not, legend. Yeah. There's not really. It's. It's. You talk about the best players of all time. There aren't really any like Gordie Howe. Not like any of us really got to see him play. So he played one IHL game in '97, '98 for the Detroit Vipers. That's right. He did not record a point. Do you think the Detroit Vipers could beat the Detroit Red Wings? So, like you talk about the best players, like you have Howe, but then you have like Bobby Orr, Wayne Gretzky, Mario Lemieux. I don't know who else am I forgetting on the all-time great list. Like on the very short list, when when people say who's the best player in NHL history, it usually usually comes down to those four, doesn't it? Sure. Um, hmm. There's other great players. Yeah, because you can't do it by positions. No, and you might. I'm I'm sure there are people out there listening saying, "Well, I think this guy's better than so and so on that list of four. But generally speaking, if, if you just if you had every hockey fan, player, writer, whatever, vote for the best player of all time, I feel like those four would get the most votes. But Gordie Howe was just so different than those other guys. I mean, Bobby Orr revolutionized his position. Gretzky's obviously the greatest of all time. Lemieux, in terms of an offensive weapon, in terms of points per game, at times looked better than Gretzky. But Gordie Howe did everything. Yeah. He did do everything. In a different era. I get that, but still. And uh, Big Mark Messier fan, though. I am a big Mark Messier fan. That's another guy that did everything. Did true. everything. And he won even after Gretzky left. Mm-hmm. He has more cups than Gretzky. Yes, he does. Uh, Alex Ovechkin, 65 goals in the 2007-2008 season is our last one on the list. And as I noted, one of just two players with a 60-plus goal season this century. Stephen Samkos was the other in 11-12 with 60. 65 goals. It's crazy. Is Stephen Samkos your most forgotten really good player in the NHL right now? He might be. He's, I mean, in, he's in that equation. He hit he's 60 not, goals eight years ago. He's had a weird career. Like, ever since he broke his leg on the post, I feel like his career, even though he hasn't been that much worse statistically, he's been enough worse that people have kind of forgotten about him. Then they had, like, the rise of the triplets line that got all the all the hype, and then Kucherov's been their best player, or Vasilyevsky. That's the thing. He's not really their I best I guess Bishop, then Vasilyevsky, like... Uh, Hedman. Yeah. It's, it's, been, it's been interesting. Because if we actually sat down, it, it was a topic, I think, of our very first Today Slapshot podcast, where, yeah. where Steven Stamkos ranks among the best players in the NHL. I think it still would be a fascinating conversation today. 45 goals last year. And I don't and nobody anybody cared. talking about it. 45 goals and 98 points for Steven Stamkos last year. And you could probably convince some people he sat out last year. <laughs> and he had 45 goals and 98 points. Yeah. Tampa Bay's still going to catch Montreal, right? Yeah, I think it's so. going to happen, right? Tampa Bay and Toronto are. Now, Toronto's already in the second spot now, right? Yeah. They end up yeah. pushing up there. And now everybody in Toronto seems to be acting surprised that the Leafs are in a playoff spot. Yeah, it was a stunning turn of events. They were able to catch Buffalo. Toronto and Tampa in the first round. We agree that's going to happen? Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. There you go. Uh, do you want to get some of these listener questions before we wrap up the show? Sure. Sure. All right. I have not proofread any of these. Okay. And that usually makes for the uh, the best shows so or the worst. Um, if one of you wanted to talk for four seconds, that would make for a better radio. Jamie, why don't you talk for four no, seconds? No, I take it back. Oh, that's two. Okay. Uh, Jeffrey, 
Hi, Jeffrey. What's Craig Morgan's reaction to DeHaan and Seabrook being out for the season? And it's just video of Will Ferrell hitting a cowbell. Yes. That's it. Also, Craig sent me something with his face photoshopped. No, somebody else did that. Yeah. I just uh, forwarded it. That was creepy, but also It was very disturbing. Yes. Uh, Mike, is Phil okay? Well, Um, I think he's okay. I don't know. He didn't say is Phil good. So, um, yeah, I think Phil is okay. Is he okay? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm assuming you're talking about Phil Kessel and not Yeah, we're talking about Phil Kessel. Okay, we just said Phil. Um, Assuming he's talking about Phil Kessel. Phil Sims, maybe? Is he fully healthy? I don't know. See, I don't know. I I know he was dealing with something earlier in the year, but I would not be surprised if at the end of the season it comes out that he's had a lingering injury for a while that's been, that he's just playing through. Should he be, if that's the case? Here's the problem. If he didn't have this Iron Man streak, would he be playing? And then are you playing for the betterment of yourself and your teammates and the team, or are you playing to keep a streak alive? I don't know. I think that it, it, it's a it, – you, you never want to encourage a player not to play, but you also got to go – if you're hurt and you can sit out a few games and then be back at 100% and help the team in full capacity, that's the better move for you. The Ironman streak doesn't really mean that much. Yeah. They get 12 more games until the break, another break. Yeah. All-star bye week. They don't call it a bye week, so don't call it a bye week. Okay. We were always told that at NHL.com. They had a lot of rules. So what are you supposed to call the bye week? A hiatus. I can't even remember. There was some style that the NHL used that I tossed out the window as soon as I stopped writing for NHL.com. Renegade. Yeah. Um, What I would say about Kessel is what Jamie said earlier. If if he doesn't get as unlucky with his shooting early in the season and he has four more goals right now, are we freaking out? I mean, then he'd be on pace for about 25 goals and 50 points. No, he'd be fine. Now, to be fair, he doesn't have those four more goals, but it's not like he has two goals. He's... Got eight yeah. goals and twenty-one points. Look, I, I get it. You're not paying for hypothetical production. I understand that, but I think it's also important to, especially this early. And again, there are also human factors involved. I know he's close with Rick Tocca, but that doesn't mean that there's not a transition as a human being in switching teams after being on the Penguins for a long time and playing with teammates you've never played with before in a city you've never been in before, and all these other things that are that are factors in the first year of a player that gets traded. Yeah, I guess. I guess my point would just be, it wouldn't take that many games. Like he could, he could put up four goals in the next five games, and it would turn everything around. Yeah, look, if if the Stepan Keller Kessel line produced anywhere near what they should have produced earlier in the season, we're not talking about this, yeah. or at least not to this extent. Yeah, but they didn't, and I understand it. And look, he's you as an organization, you spent the entire offseason telling everybody this is a superstar that's going to get you to the playoffs. I understand why there's that reaction. I'm not saying it's unfair. Mm-hmm. It's just something that. Needs to be realized that some of it was bad luck, some of it was injury, and may- maybe some of it still is injury. We yeah. don't know. Yeah. There's also that minus 18 we talked about earlier. Yeah, that's concerning. Mm-hmm. That's just weird it's on just a team where nobody so else really has negatives and you just have a, a minus 18. That, I think he's just odd. 14 minus more than anybody else on the team. Uh, I think Osterley's minus four. I think that's the next closest yeah. one. How about Jordan Gross stepping in the other night? He was plus three in his first game. Yeah. But yeah, uh, Stepan's minus and five. And now he's back in Tucson. Okay, so. Yeah. That leads into our next question. Okay. Uh, Craig, this is from Steve. 
Craig, Hi, Steve. can you do a story on how the Roadrunners stack up against the AHL teams they may face if they make the playoffs? <laughs> there are so many teams we don't play during the regular season, it's hard to know if the Roadrunners are really good or if the Pacific is just really bad. Well, I, I had hoped to do a story on the Roadrunners, <laughs> the in fact, Steve. No. Yes, but, uh, you know, unfortunately, they apparently don't have media availability before they play games, so I can't do it. And I was going to go down. Well. So, yeah, I just laid that out instead there. Instead, you're here with us. Mm, put that out there, so. I'll write something on them. I'll, I'll be following the Roadrunners. It's a cool story. For those of you who don't know, I imagine most Coyotes fans do know, they have the best winning percentage in the AHL right now. And they went into the break with an 8 nothing victory, yeah. which is just crazy. Mm-hmm. The, that's hockey. the right way to go into a break. Yeah. And I think it's important to have a good AHL team. I think we have seen like the Hershey Bears and we've seen like the Syracuse Crunch for Tampa and Washington be able to create a... Create a culture of winning for young players that are more adept to those situations when they get called up. Bingo. And that's it. It's really about the culture. Because when you look at Tucson, aside from the goalies, you don't look down there and say, wow, look at all those high-end prospects. I mean, Kyle Capobianco might be a second-pair defenseman. Yeah. We agree that's his upside? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. But maybe a third-pair guy? Yeah, I think he's a third-pair guy. And, you know, you look at the forwards, there's really not. There's not a guy down there where you say this guy's going to be anything more than a depth player other than the goalies. That's but, that's oh, yeah. Go ahead. Right now, but, but building, yeah, but building a winning culture is part mm-hmm. of it too. Getting guys used to being in that environment of winning that's important too. And playing the same system, which yes. for some reason not every organization does, which is mind-boggling to me. Yes, it's it like is. the the simplest thing you could do. It's the simplest detail you could attend to. But the other thing, uh, for people that maybe don't follow that closely, like you hear us talking about. Well, obviously, Barrett Hayton's been up here, but like Jan Yenick, Victor Soderstrom, none of these guys are in Tucson. Mm-hmm. So that team's winning without the Coyotes' three best prospects, mm-hmm. or obviously any of their players that are in the NHL. It's yeah, just a good team, really. Yeah. I might put Prozvatov in that list, too, though. I'm not sure where he ranks yet because goalies are so hard, but... Yeah. But I would say at the highest, he's fourth, right? I, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd probably put him four. Okay. He's, he's just further away, but... Now that Kevin Ball's gone, I'd probably put him four. Uh, Rose, what's your favorite holiday tradition that your family keeps? I'm a big fan of eating. As am I. That's it? That's all you're going to give Rose, who actually Um, came all the way out to Gilbert to see us? Watching Christmas Vacation. Christmas Vacation is a must. We did that in Gilbert, too. Andy Williams, Christmas album. That's what I'll say, Rose. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Craig is. I could sing it, but, you know, they don't want me to. Craig is wearing his Andy Williams shirt right now. Yeah, I don't think I have anything that's, I guess, I mean the menorah lighting but that's just part of the holiday I don't yeah, know, that's, that's, a, that's not like a family tradition mm-hmm. that's just a, a thing that's done well here's Chris, Hi, Chris. Oh, thanks, thanks Luke for, for your answer I gave my answer I gave two answers and oh, I was eating. ridiculed that's right. eating, eating and watching Christmas Vacation and both both okay. answers were mocked and ridiculed Chris who are your picks for the All-Star Game from Arizona I say Kemp's and Chikrin yep, yep. 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 they yep. should be now given the weird rules who It'd knows probably be a forward but, and not Kemper okay if it is a forward would you take Nick Schmaltz or Clayton Keller Schmaltz I think we should talk about this though you said Taylor Hall you don't even consider him I don't I don't I don't think Taylor Hall would want to be in that situation first of all taking a spot away from somebody on the team when he's been here for three games yeah but what's weird, though, is, and I don't even disagree with you, it's just an interesting discussion, because then it's like, if you get traded, you're not eligible to go to the All-Star game. Right, well, yeah, unless you're John Scott. Well, that's oh, obviously... Mm-hmm. He didn't make our top 20. Uh, shocking. Yeah. I thought about suggesting it. It is. A it's a tough one, because Jeremy and I talked about this, too. What do you do with Taylor Hall? Because 
you know, he could end up being the leading point guy. Most of those, of, of course, came with New Jersey. So do you not reward a guy simply because he did it with another team? I don't know. But no, you reward him by letting him go to Hawaii for a few days. That's, yeah, let him rest. And, and, and again, I, I, don't, I don't think he would be comfortable. Would you be comfortable in that situation? Yeah, I've no. been here for a couple of weeks. I'm, yeah, I'm your I'd absolutely be give, give it to a young guy that hasn't yeah. been there, like Schmaltz or somebody that hasn't been there yet. Be give cool them to be first. It's a cool thing to be as a veteran player to kind of, I mean, Taylor Hall's been there and he'll be there again. And take a few days off. It should be Schmaltz, but I'll say this, and I know people are going to flip out and be able to look how good Keller's been the last two weeks. Think about the whole season. But I will say this. Keller's a lot more deserving this year than he was last year. Keller going last year will never make any sense to me other than the stupid convoluted NHL rules where you have to cram certain players in certain positions. Well, but if Keller get, keeps playing like this. So we'll talk in a few weeks. If Keller stays this hot. Clayton yeah, Keller's one point behind Nick Schmaltz now yeah. Yeah. for the team lead. Not you know throwing out what Taylor Hall did with the Devils, but although... Where is he? Is he at 30 now, too? I think he's at 30. Okay. So he may be tied with Schmaltz. He might be at 20, but he's also played a lot less games. Yeah, it's 28, I think. Yeah, But I think so, he's played five less games. So Schmaltz and Keller are separated by one point right now. You, you can make an argument for either of those guys now. And if, again, like you said, if Keller plays his way for another couple of weeks, he may pass Schmaltz, although yeah. Schmaltz is putting up points like crazy now, too. Yeah. Um, It'd be a good, it's a good problem to have if you're the Coyotes. But having. it should be Chikrin. And yeah. then, well, yes, it should he'd be, be, but he'd be my choice. This we have goes, to see how the rosters work. This, yeah, this is going to go to my frustration. That very statement by Jamie is the thing I hate. Well, who's the most deserving? Chikrin. But we'll have to see what other teams' all-stars get yeah, to like determine whether he's allowed to go. Like, that's just idiotic. Well, it's like when Carey Price got in for no for in his worst season of his career because they just the numbers game didn't work. But it's easily fixed. It is so easily Everything fixed. Everything the NHL does is easily fixed. They just don't do it. But this is easily fixed, and it like would be realignment. more Hey, let's just stick the Coyotes in the central. Hey. It's easy. Yeah. It's easy. Just one team. A team that spends half the year, two hours behind the central time zone. So, obviously, Kemper would have been the main guy. I yeah. don't think he's going now. But uh, but Chikrin should be the answer. Yep. Um, let's see. Hour three. <laughs> Some of these questions we've had before about, like, what's the best gift you've ever given or receiving? Receiving. Uh, receiving. Hey, receiving. <laughs> Los Coyote Steve, thoughts on Jordan Gross's first two games as a Coyote? I thought he was really good in the first one, to be yeah, honest. Yeah. Stepping in on the top pairing. Um, also from Los Coyote Steve, has Keller's recent hot streak eased concerns about his new contract? Uh, I'd like to see it sustained a yeah, little longer. Too, too soon to tell. My yeah. only fear with him is he tends to be really good for a month Streaky. and then disappear for a while. But uh, if you let's, let's put it this way. If he played the way he's played the last two weeks every game, I would have no concerns about his contract. Agreed. Um, would Chikrin's AAV start with a 5, 6, or a 7 if Chika had waited a year to sign him to an extension? Interesting question. Mm-hmm. That's also that, from Los Coyotes. That's, that's what the scandal was with all of these players. Mm-hmm. That's the game that, that John Chika was playing. Yeah. Imagine if Keller starts just playing like this now. Mm-hmm. Schmaltz, Keller, Dvorak, Chikrin. Correct, 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 correct. In, wow. In terms of guys you have... That John Chika, he doesn't know what he's doing. Oh, yeah, no. Of course mm-hmm. not. He's... The voice is from Vancouver. I assume he's going to win GM of the Year at this point, right? He should win GM of the Year. We'll see. I mean, you're talking about somebody that actually did something during the season to get Hall, and then those those contracts you just mentioned, I would assume those all go on this year's resume for GM of the yeah. Year. I don't know who else it would be as I'm looking around. I mean, I know we're only at the halfway point, but talk about an active GM that yeah, was proactive with those contracts. I haven't thought about that. That's an interesting question. Yeah, as I'm Who's looking around, like it's just the, it's the usual suspects that have been great for years, which you, that usually is a death knell when it comes to winning this award. But okay, so 
Maybe I'm forgetting, but like Chikrin, Schmaltz, Keller, those would all go. Those would all be considered uh, this was year. Last season, yeah, they signed was last that. Year. Well, I mean, it kicked in this year, but they signed him yeah, to okay, the extension last year. But Schmaltz, the, Keller. This is still in my mind. This Dvorak, is a two, this is still a two year award. Too, okay. This is still a two year award, and they still treat it like that a lot of the times. But to make the trade for Hall right in the middle of the season, mm-hmm. too. No other GM right now has a has like a, a specific thing you can point to in the middle of the season. Um. And that, that is interesting, too, of those four guys. You're right. Right now, he looks like he's right for sure on, what, two or three of them and possibly on the fourth one, too. Mm-hmm. But in terms of guys you have clearly saved money on, Chikrin is by far at the top of the list. Because yeah. his defenseman. If he's a top-pairing defenseman. Yeah. Who's, oh. Yeah. Uh, expensive who still players. has 10-plus more years in his prime, theoretically, health permitting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Dangle Snipe Belly. Has a lot of questions. Is it true that Luke's wallet causes him pain because his pants are basically painted on? That's um, that's actually from a different show earlier today. Mm. I will say uh, no because I don't keep my wallet in my pants because that's just because he carries because too much cash. Yes. No, it's because he carries too much cash around. Yeah, just, <laughs> I just have money so clips everywhere. What do you use that cash for? Um, the pizza tonight. Okay. Yeah. It was hey, delicious pizza. pizza. Is there still a piece of stumpies? Yeah. We're stumping for stumpies. N- not a sponsor, but could be. Yes. Uh, do the Hawks get better without Seabrook? He's got questions for all of us. They get more cap space. They theoretically could get better. I mean, but does it matter? As hard as it is to say, not having Brent Seabrook on the ice probably makes the Blackhawks better. After watching Derek Stepan outrace him to a puck in the corner in the Blackhawk corner, I thought, oh, wow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, so all they got to do is call up uh, Joe Kaharu and they'll be, they'll be fine. Yeah, they'll slip him right, right in. Okay. No. Okay. No. Um, is Vegas' run for real or fool's gold? I think it's real. You had to say that? <laughs> it took a second there. <laughs> it took, there was a little delayed wow. reaction. Another guy that got away. Uh, Just for people, what's he doing this season? Uh, not much. Not much, no, not much but it doesn't matter. Just so people know Jamie is in studio. It's not like on a satellite yeah. where that, that like comment delay to... to Craig by 30 seconds. Uh, Vegas run, real or fool's gold? I would say real. I mean, what is their run what, exactly? What are we talking about? Back into a tie for first. I'll say they're 5-3 in the last 10 and lost... The Los Alaska for the break. I don't know if they're on a run, but uh, All right, yes. Well, then it's obviously real. They've they've run right at the five hundred. I, I would still yes, say they're five hundred team. I would ex- <laughs> if you truly feel that way. I still think they're the best team in the Pacific. Why is eggnog such trash? I, it, I, I don't know, but it is complete. Not eggnog's disgusting. Yeah. Do you drink, yeah, Do you drink eggnog? On this? There's certain ways you can drink eggnog. Yeah, by pouring it or something like down the drain. You cut it with something. <laughs> okay. You can you can put it. Why would I drink it out of the drain? Does <laughs> it pour it down the drain? You could um. If you get it like mixed with coffee, it's not terrible. Eggnog and coffee. Mm. Yeah. So if you mix it with something that takes all of its taste away, you can take it. I don't hate the taste of eggnog. I hate the texture of eggnog. What? Well, how would you okay. describe the texture? Go ahead. I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> but the taste isn't awful. Rash. But I also drink like... Mm, not how I describe it. Maybe one glass every two yeah. years. And I did not have any this year. Mm. And can I get a No Canada singing for my birthday today? No. Well, <laughs> that was rude. Uh, Todd and Phoenix. Will Aiden Hill get a chance in net before the All-Star break? It does look like Ronta could play in every game at this point, but I'm not sure if the Coyotes want to work him that hard. I think the plan is to play Aiden Hill a couple times, but they're going to ride Auntie Ronta as much as he wants to be ridden. <laughs> Boy, that did sound good. No. <laughs> There's only two back No Canada. <laughs> Sorry, distracting everyone from what I just said. Yeah. Or no, Ignore that. There's actually only one one more back-to-back. He obviously stepped in with a back-to-back, but the yeah. All-Star break is in late January. It's amazing. There's 12 games until we hit another break. Yeah. And the only back-to-back is this weekend, Saturday and yeah. Sunday. So I would I would think Hill gets one of these, wouldn't you? Yeah. yeah. You don't want to play Ronta 3 and 4. 
Oh, you mean one of these? Okay, coming up. So yeah. then what? You give him Dallas? Because I'm not giving them St. Louis or Vegas. Probably Dallas. Yeah. Okay. So maybe you'll get to see Aiden Hill at home on Sunday for all of the Aiden Hill truthers out there that <laughs> think he's better than everybody. I like Aiden Hill a lot. He's actually yeah, one of the nicest we're guys. Just, it's just there's a difference between saying someone could be really good down the just road and is be realistic. better than Antiranta right now. Uh, it's a like huge difference. looking at Tucson and saying, oh my God, look at all the talent they got down there. No, no. They are a good team, though. It's a really good AHL team. It's a cool story, but there's not much coming there that's really going to do much for the Coyotes. No. Uh, also from Todd, all I wanted for Christmas was healthy defensemen. Will Demers and Hammer be back in the lineup in Vegas on Friday? Demers is well, back. Demers is yeah. back already. Uh, who's more likely to stay with the club when everybody returns? Labushkin, Ness, or Gross? My guess is Labushkin. Yeah. Gross is already gone. Yeah. Um, Domsky, team of the best Coyotes players from this decade. Oof. That's going to be... Pick, cut, the, pick you, the center. You cut me deep. I've already done it. Yeah. I've yeah. already done this. I've well, literally already done well, the story. Look, look what knows who doesn't read. That's not true. I, I actually no, read that the, story. It's the reader I'm talking to, a listener. Not a reader, clearly. <laughs> clearly. <laughs> Domsky's my new favorite listener. Who did Thanks, you go with at Domsky. Center? Who was your final pick at center? No, I'm going to call up the story. You just talk amongst yourselves for a while here. Uh, let's see. Which centers okay. could well, it well, be? Well, I you know who it is. I know it's who it is. is. Well, let me call up the story. Okay. Well, while you're doing that. It's not like anybody read it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Robert you know, Lang. I can call attention. <laughs> Robert Lang. Wow. Um, Damon you know, We did a uh, decades team in November, which makes sense. Why well, yeah, Why not? <laughs> <laughs> Gives you a month and a half for everything to change. Exactly. <laughs> um, at this point, I'd put Taylor Hall on that team, and he wasn't even on the team. Uh, let's. Oh, I know who it is. I just. I, I'm yeah, I want Craig to him. have to read his four syllable name. Do they have other other good centers? I mean, other centers. Yeah, <laughs> just I mean, centers. It's, it's been an issue. Just other that, that, other that guys that, that played center. Right, I've got the story up. Okay. okay. Left wing. All right. You know who it is. I put him there. Okay. You, well, had you to should. There. You have to. I had to put Shane Doan there. Okay. Okay. Center. Martin Hansel. Martin Hansel. Mm-hmm. That hurts. Which says so much about this mm-hmm. franchise and why it has struggled. It does. No. Not taking anything away from Marty Hansel. No. And I it hate It just that. was put in the wrong place. And, and we saw it at times when he got to be the third line center. Yes. Just like we were saying That's before. That's what he's built put for. The guy, put the guy on the line where he's so much better than everybody else, yes. not where he's racing just to keep up. Obviously, right. it wasn't by choice to have him as a first-line no. center, but still. Because your other choice was Matthew Lombardi at first-line center. Right wing? Khadim mm. Verbata. Verbata. Oh, yeah. okay. Had put Verbi on this team. You know, there, there are some guys that p- played a couple seasons that you could have made an argument for, but I, I went for longevity. Okay, on the wings. I mean, Ray, Ray Whitney Ray, comes Ray, to mind. Ray, Ray Whitney's a guy. Whitney only played two years here. Yeah. I know, it's, but it was, it's, they were such impactful impact. seasons. Yeah. yeah, he sure did. It feels like he played a lot longer. In a lot of ways. Left defense. This was the hardest one. Actually, it wasn't at all. Never yeah. mind. Okay, good. I'm kidding. <laughs> are you going to tell us who it was? You I know who it is. I would have just had Yandel and OEL as my defenseman. That's, those are the two defensemen. Okay. And who would you have in goal? For the whole decade? Yeah. Well, Smith, I guess. Yeah, yeah I mean, Mike Smith. Smith. I know, right? <laughs> it's weird. We look yeah, at this team. Weird. Weird. Well, because this team's had a lot of good goalies. I mean, Brzgalov was good. But he was gone so quickly. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, they've, so they've also had Grice. They've had Dubnik. They've yeah. had Kemper. They've had Bronta. They've had, yeah, they've they've had a lot of all. good goalies. It's amazing all, how many of their backups went on to yeah. great success elsewhere. Yeah. Or still having that success. Yes. Yes, they are. Um, Greg, given the potential cap crunch the Coyotes face if they re-sign Hall, is it likely Stepan gets moved if that does indeed happen? I don't know, man. 
<laughs> it's way too soon for that. Look, it, uh, or it's, maybe it's, it's way too late in the podcast. It's the obvious name to cap hit situation that if you're just looking at cap friendly, I can I understand it. I don't know what the market for Derek Stepan at was it six and a half million dollars would be. Right. That doesn't mean you can't find somebody, but I just I think that makes it incredibly difficult. I think you're more likely going to have to attach some sort of asset to him if you were going to make a move like that for salary reasons. And then at that point, what asset is it? And then to take somebody off of your NHL roster for them just to take it away. That's the opposite of what John Tyke has been doing. Yeah, and it's not like Stepan's been bad. I just understand you need to save money. Take Hosa's contract, though. Um, yeah, you got Hosa for one more year. Yeah. That's tough. Uh, more than you'd like. Can you remember when they acquired that contract? It was like, oh, they're going to need this forever. No, no, it's a burden. Nothing to get rid no, of. It. It's a burden. Uh, Ian, this is a this is a two part question from, from two different people. Ian, in your professional opinions, is allowing twenty shots on goal in one period sustainable? No. This what about be... unprofessional opinion? Yeah. <laughs> Give us that one. Todd jumps in with compare and contrast this defensive strategy with the one used by the Chicago Blackhawks. <laughs> <laughs> if the yeah, if the carries play more games like they did that Nashville game, particularly in the first period, uh, they will not be doing much. They could but not, that they was very that, that was, was uncharacteristic. But second oof. half of back to back, true one period. Although the first period is not supposed to be the bad one, in the second half of back to back it's supposed to be the third period. Yeah, but that was a bad period. They were rough in that period. They stabilized after that though. They were yeah. fine the rest of the game. Yeah, almost just, almost tied the game. Would yeah. you think of Tocket pulling oh, Ronson? Soderberg hitting the post twice, right? Soderberg hit the post mm-hmm. twice. He hit one on a regular mm-hmm. shot too. Pulling Ronson with two and a half minutes left. I like it. And it I like it. And they had the puck basically the whole yeah. two and a half Patrick minutes. Patrick Waugh. Yeah. Well, Waugh would have pulled him with like ten minutes left. I was doing that. I was funny when like Waugh was down two goals and pulling goalies at like, like seven like with, the first yeah, seven minutes left in the game. Um Adam writes, and I know teams have off games, but it seems like the Coyotes have been having more than a first-place team should lately. Is there something missing that leads to such poor performances and starts in particular? Happy holidays to you all. Well, thanks, Adam. That was nice. Well, I, I think this, the starters is they're an atypical first-place team. Uh, I think I don't know if Craig says on the show or just noted it in the notes that they're seven points behind any other division leader right now, both them and Vegas. Uh, they're a good team. I don't think they're a great team. They still They still lack... I mean, they still lack some consistency on that blue line. I mean, Chickman's been playing really great lately, but Oliver, and they've had some injuries from time to time. Like I, just, I don't. Wait, could you pronounce that name again? Oliver, Min Larson. Been better actually the last few games. Yeah, he's, he's been pretty good the last few games. Hopefully, that's a sign for him. Hopefully, but they they're going to get Chalmerson back too. But what what's going to be interesting for me with the blue line when they get him back, it, and it puts everybody in their proper roles. First of all. How do they divvy up the minutes? Because Jacob Chikrin ain't going back to being a number five defenseman anymore. You can't do that. And secondly, are you happy with your number six guy? Has Jordan Osterley played well enough for you to feel comfortable with him in that role? I don't think he's had a great season. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. But I think if you slide him into the sixth defenseman role, I, I'm not like guaranteeing he's going to suddenly be good. But I, I think it goes back to the theme of the show. Of it, that's the role he should be in. And so I think there's a much better chance he has success there than bouncing around all Who's over the place. playing with him? Well, that's tough. Hey, uh, hey. That's tough. But somebody's that has nothing to do with Osterley. Somebody's going to have to play on that yeah. third pairing that is too good to be playing on the third pairing. Rick likes his righty-lefty, so I can't imagine him splitting up Demers and OEL, but... I would try Jalmerson with OEL. I would, too. Mm-hmm. You want to try and jumpstart him, put, put Nick on his... Mm. I don't see that. Trading for Taylor Hall does seem to have jump-started OEL, so maybe they don't have to do that. Yeah. 
Um, Kevin, is Jan Yenick going to be the Coyotes' mid-round diamond in the rough that every team is always trying to hit on? Maybe. I mean, so far, so good. Yeah, mm-hmm. all looks good right now. Again, the thing to remember with him is he was just drafted last year. It's not like this is some guy they got in 2015 that's finally starting to pan out. He but he is, gives he, he's he's a net front guy. He's 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 a Rick Tockett kind of player. Watch him. Uh, he's on the Czech Republic. Yeah. He had a goal and an assist today, didn't he? Had the yeah. game winning goal for the Czech Republic. Uh, Tyler, what's one holiday tradition that confuses slash annoys you guys? And also happy holidays. Um, Oof. holiday tradition that confuses uh, me. I guess mine would be Black Friday. I, I was just gonna say that. I just because I never really take part in it. I don't understand. I've never understand. wanted a discounted TV so damn bad that I'm going to sit out at Best Buy at 2 in the morning the night before. Like you, what's your Thanksgiving time worth? Night. What is your time worth? More than that. Exactly. That's the, the equation too. I always do. Yeah. Like yeah. You might be able to talk me. You can't. But I mean, you'd have a better chance of talking me into it on a Tuesday night or something if I'm just out there with a bunch of friends and we're just we're going to make this into something. That's Thanksgiving night. Yeah. If you like your family at all, you want to spend time with them. Nuts. All right. I got one. Lights up before Thanksgiving mm. drives me crazy. Christmas lights up before Thanksgiving okay, so drives me crazy. Let's talk about this. When is the appropriate time to put them up and take them down? You can take the, you can put them up after Thanksgiving. Even if you want to put them up the day after, I'm fine with that. Usually, I wait till the weekend after Thanksgiving. What about the night of to Thanksgiving? Put them up. Like the family's there, you're putting it's still up the Thanksgiving. Okay. It's still Thanksgiving. I'm just asking for clarification. We don't turn them on. You put them up because everybody's there. You turn them on on this Friday. Is a gray area here. It, it is. This is a gray area. All right. If you want to install them and then illuminate them the following day, <laughs> yeah, I'd probably be okay with that because okay. that's a Friday too, right? If a yeah. light falls, so you hit the weekend. Yeah, it's Black you've, Friday. You've hit on something here. Luke. Instead of going out it's there and beating impressive. somebody up for a toaster yeah. oven, why don't you? Yeah. <laughs> when to take them down? It's also a tough question because I like I like to keep them up past New Year's Day without a doubt, and maybe even into that weekend, whatever follows New okay. Year's. Beyond that. It's time to go. I'd say the kind of like the of, Christmas tree. The end of March Madness. <laughs> right around like mid. It's like early that's April. It's wrong. It's too late. It's just wrong. My wife with the Christmas trees too. Can we keep it up another week? Well, do you have a fake Christmas tree? or No, we kill one every year. Okay. <laughs> then well, we throw its dead carcass at the curb to be picked up. <laughs> well, and that, Thank you for your month of service. <laughs> in that case, the tree will tell just you. Just isolate that audio and with yeah. no context and we're going to use that again. <laughs> I'll play, oh, yeah. play it right next to the Jamie's well, Jigglypuff. Sanctity of life, huh? Um, Apparently not. The big inflatable uh, ornaments, whatever that, like the yeah. You know I, I, don't, I don't know what you're doing with your hands right now. I'm a little concerned. <laughs> the things that the big like inflatable snowman or whatever that you put up out in the yard. No, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, I don't think I want you talking about inflatables anymore, Luke. I, I think we need to move on. <laughs> no, okay, but you know what I'm talking about. The big inflatable ornaments that it's yes, like, hey, that's yes. really that's amazing. Except in the middle of the day when you deflate them and lay them there, and it's the most depressing thing ever. <laughs> yes, it's like, why why can't you leave them inflated the whole day? I, I feel like if you are going to have a giant inflatable right. thing in you your yard, it, it has to. Otherwise, you're traumatizing yeah. children who walk by and see Santa looking like he's passed out on your lawn. <laughs> yeah, I have nothing I to add. agree with that. Okay, um, Stephen, thanks for everything you've done for us fans, and happy holidays. Huh. Oh, thank, thank you, Stephen. Uh, how is Barrett Hayton's contract situation going to play out post World Juniors? Ugh, he got down to business there pretty quickly. Contract situation? Well, I mean, at this point, if an ELC, so yeah, I mean, if he were to go back to juniors, which I still don't think is is like, but even if he would, they would it would still burn a year. Still like it year, doesn't. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, that's already taken care of. The fascinating part for him now is you've got Taylor Hall, so now Barrett Hayton's your 
14th forward. Yes. What do you do? And I believe, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, there's a waiver eligibility deadline still. I believe it's like 40 games. Mm-hmm. So they, even though it wouldn't affect his contract, it would affect their ability to put him on waivers at some point. If you, like, if you move him before the 40-game mark, he doesn't lose a year toward waiver ineligibility. Mm-hmm. I just noticed how long Jamie's hair has gotten. It's really long. It's almost you paused, impressive. like you had no idea what yeah. he was talking about, and that's that's what it was. Because it's very Scott Hartnell-like. Okay. <laughs> mm. All right. I skated about as well, too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. wow. Yeah, but what do you do with Hayden? What do you do with him? Well, I mean— If they're healthy. That's the thing. A Somebody's lot of times these hurt. things take care—but they haven't been at the forward position this year. You forge his birth certificate and play him in Tucson? But aside from Nobody that— would notice. I'm sure. But aside from that— um, That's Harry Baton. You haven't heard of him? <laughs> Harry Baton. <laughs> Harry Baton. <laughs> Uh, let's give my fake mustache and uh, I, I don't know because Jamie's hair yeah this is tough we're definitely be- photoshopping yeah. Aaron Payton <laughs> with Jamie's hair we have to get a picture of Jamie now uh, I don't know because like he's not going to gain anything from going back to juniors but he's also not going to gain anything if he's never playing and that could be the situation here if nobody's hurt so you almost how have do to- you put him in the lineup if yeah. nobody's hurt I, I mean I, Christian Fisher's like what do I got to do to get back in the lineup yeah I, yeah. I did. Yeah, you might have to just yeah. dome him, send him back, and deal with the fact that he's already more advanced than the last level that he's playing at, and just call it a season. I will say, up to this point, I do think he has. I don't. I don't think this has been a waste of a year yet. Like they've handled this as as well as you can up to this point. It's going to get tougher, but he got into some games. He made some plays this season. I, I think that's going to help with his confidence. He said it already has helped with his confidence now. Going to the World Junior Championships and captaining Team Canada. And scoring is, two goals in the first yeah. game. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, looking like the best player on the ice. Um, so far, so good. But yeah, there's a whole half of the season. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they do there. Yeah, this is Again, the- they, they, won't even, they won't even talk about that right now because there's time. Yeah. And you could have injuries. Yeah. yeah. But it's also not the end of the world. Like if he goes have, back, yeah, it's not. I mean, it's not ideal. It's not what you wanted. You but still bring him back for the playoffs. Yeah, so it's not the right? end. Of, yeah, yeah. Pretty so. part in the year. Like it's, it's not the end of the world. It's not ideal. It's not what you wanted. But, but if I told you that you would have to send, at the beginning of the year, if you're a Kyrie's fan, that you'd have to send Barrett Hayton back to juniors, and one of the big reasons why is because you're going to trade for Phil Castle in the offseason, then trade for Taylor Hall in season, yeah. and, you, some, and your other forwards are playing well enough to deserve to be in the lineup, I, I think you would take that. I think, yeah. I think people would, would be okay with that. All right. Anything else? Hopefully not. This is the longest podcast we have ever done or that anybody has ever done. So, for Jamie Eisner and Craig Morgan, I'm Luke Lipinski. Thanks for listening to the Natural Hattrick Podcast. At least the voices are gone in here. <laughs>